glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. He that passeth by and meddleth with strife not belonging to him. Excuse me, I lost my place. He that passeth by and meddleth with strife not belonging to him is like one that taketh a dog by the ears as a madman who casteth firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man that deceiveth his neighbor and saith, and not I in sport, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out, so where there is no talebearer, there's our word, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to burning coals, and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver dross. He that hateth dissembleth with his lips and layeth up deceit within him. When he speaketh fair, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart, whose hatred is covered by deceit. His wickedness shall be showed before the whole congregation. Whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolleth a stone, it will return upon him. A lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. Thank you. You may be seated. If the Lord allows, we will probably end up doing an entire message on flattery. Uh, the Bible says a lot about it. I think it is a very, um, a very cunning tool that the devil uses on us. It's something mentioned repeatedly in the book of Proverbs. And flattery certainly appeals to the pride of the one hearing it. And one of the tools of a talebearer. It's very plain, both from the Bible context and from the definition given even in our dictionary, is that a talebearer is known for being also a flatterer. So heaping on the hearer compliments to gain their confidence. Uh, and what happens is when someone flatters you, it is to make the, you think that they love you so that you'll open your heart and say things to them and entrust to them things you would never to anybody else then that same person turns around and betrays your trust to another, and now you have the picture of a talebearer, Someone who pulls deep secrets out of the hearts of other people so that they can reveal those secrets to other people. Generally, they pull a deep secret out of you like, I really don't care for that person. Oh, you can trust me. And then they go right over to that other person and say, you wouldn't believe what they said about you. Right? And that's never really that plain. But as you study the scripture and you study what a talebearer is, you get the picture that this is how they operate. How many of us do we come to certain characters in the Bible and we think, well, that's bad, but it's not as bad as? When I hear of a talebearer, a gossiper, I really don't think of a murderer. I really don't think of someone going around trying to intentionally hurt people. It's the, it's the old lady on the old movie who's just going around telling all the tales, right? But the Bible says the talebearer has the seven abominations in their heart, and those are listed in Proverbs chapter 6. Uh, feet to be swift and running to mischief, and hands to shed innocent blood. Those sins are bottled up inside, and they use talebearing as a tool to accomplish their purpose, if you would. And we won't stay in Proverbs 26, but it's a good place to start because it mentions the talebearer here and mentions it's all about speech and how speech is used to hurt and damage people. But it mentions the talebearer a couple of times in verse 20 and verse 22. Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. In verse 22, the words of a talebearer are as wounds and they go down 
into the innermost parts of the belly, I think at this point we should say being a tailbearer is a very serious issue. This is something that's very damaging, something that can ruin a family, something that can ruin a church. This is why a message like this is important. Uh, it's the Word of God that purges us, purifies us, and cleanses us. If the members of Bonner's Ferry Baptist Church do not learn uh, to have the attitude of God toward tailbearing, we can be the source of a fire that can consume a good congregation. Good churches have been ruined by evil tongues. Good families have been ruined by evil tongues. Good friendships have been ruined by evil tongues. And one of those evils is being a tailbearer. How many of you have ever had somebody say something to you? They just kind of drop a comment that someone else said to them and you think, I had no idea that's how that person felt about me. If that's what's happened, you probably just met a tailbearer. Someone who finds it their duty to turn you against others by telling what they know. How many of you have found this by experience? Some of you have lived long enough to know by experience. Many times when someone does that, they don't tell you the whole story. You don't get comments in full context. You get just enough to stir strife between two people. This is called sowing discord. That's one of those abominations in Proverbs 6. We have a country today where we have people who are professional discord sowers. How many of us realize at the national level how our enemies are using social media to sow discord among groups of people? We have people intentionally sowing discord from males toward females and females toward males and blacks toward whites and Christians toward non-Christians and so on and so forth. So there are those who are professional at dropping little lines that this guy said and you need to hear what he had to say. This means he has to be a racist and she has to be some kind of a bigot over here. You know what that is? That's tailbearing at some level. That's at a major level. But when we see that transferred into how we behave as Christians, we know we're out of bounds because... Tailbearing is not supposed to be part of what we do. I'm going to give you three simple things about tailbearing tonight, and it's really just, this is a topical study. This is almost more of a lesson than it is a message, but there's application to it. And so we want to begin tonight with the characteristics of a tailbearer. The Bible has enough to say about it. We should be able to look at what Scripture says and define a tailbearer when we meet one, even if we met him tonight in the pages of the Bible as a mirror. We should be able with good judgment to say, if those characteristics are in my life, I'm a tailbearer. And if I'm a Christian, I can no longer be a tailbearer. <laughs> if God shows me that I am using my tongue in this manner, then the right thing to do as a child of God is say, Lord, you've shown me tonight I'm a tailbearer. I know you're right to rebuke me for it, and I ask you to forgive me and teach me how to not use my tongue in this manner. How much information, let's just before we get into this, how much information has the Lord Jesus walked this earth, how much deep heart information do you think he gathered from people as he walked and ministered to folks? How much discord could our Savior have caused between his own disciples had he chosen to? How much discord could he have caused by saying, Peter, you wouldn't believe what James and John said to me the other day. I mean, those, those disciples were privy enough to what they were saying about each other, but the Lord Jesus being the master, men would open their hearts to him. He could have started a civil war had he decided to. Because he wasn't a tailbearer, he didn't. And so having said that, let's, let's just jump back in here. It kind of gets our, our mind in the right context as to uh, where we need to be. So the characteristics of a tailbearer. Number one, tailbearers, as we look at them in scriptures, are what I will call drifters. By drifters, meaning they are, they are what the New Testament calls 
busy bodies. Let's look at a few passages of Scripture, including where we just were in verse 17, because the talebearer will be mentioned. We're going to assume that verse 17 is, is including this kind of a person when it says, He that passeth by and meddleth with strife belonging not to him is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. We met a few dogs out and about today. Um, one of them was a Labrador, and he had some children inside of a, a trailer house. And that lab, I'd been at another house, and there had been a, a bulldog had come out, and he was as sweet as he could be, and I had his hair all over my pants and his smell all over me. The lab comes to the truck, and he's just as nice as he can be until he smells my pants. And then he didn't like that. And then the hair went up on his neck because he can smell that other dog on me, and he starts barking. My first instinct was to grab him by the ears and just shake him. No way. I was very ginger around that dog. I didn't grab him by the ears. You know why? He's going to bite me back. He's going he's to get me. You don't grab a dog by the ears. Well, the Bible says, he that passeth by. Doing what? He's just passing by. And meddleth with strife not belonging to him is like one that taketh the dog by the ears. You'll find about the tailbearer, they love strife. They love conflict. They love contention. They love an argument. Oh, they just can't pass by the opportunity to step into an argument and give their two cents worth. They just can't help it. They're like a man that grabs a dog by the ears. It's, may I say this? What we read about in tailbearing in the Bible is now on, for lack of a better way to put it, on steroids in the social media world. Two people are having an argument. Well, I've got to jump in and have a say in this thing. You with me? I've got, I've got to, I've got to grab this strife. And there's a temptation. This, this message should speak to all of us because even if you're not yielding to tailbearing, there's got to be a temptation inside of you to do so at times. Human flesh and human nature. And so then, but these are drifters, meaning, let's read a few texts to show what I mean. Here, the Bible refers to meddling, and I'll just give you a definition or two. When we read about a tailbearer, one of the things that is identified with a tailbearer is someone who's meddlesome. Someone who interjects themselves where they are not, it's none of their business. They interject their opinion. They interject their presence. Uh, they are meddlesome people. And so um, the word tailbearer, let me give you this definition, then we're going to go to a few other texts of Scripture. Tailbearer means this from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, a person who officiously tells tales, one who impertinently communicates intelligence or anecdotes and makes mischief in society by officiousness. Now, how many of you, that helps you because you just know exactly what it means to be officious, Right? So I said, you know, if I'm going to get the full definition, I've got to define what it means to be officious. I, I'm stupid. I don't know what that means, so I looked it up. Uh, to be kind or obliging, doing kind offices. Well, what's wrong with that? Nothing unless you're using it to gain confidence with people so you can spread tales. So it means this. Number two, it means to be excessively forward in kindness. This is where flattery comes in. Importantly, interposing services. Oh, I'll be glad to help. Let me help. Let me help. No, no, thank you. I don't need help. No, 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 I, I really want to help. They don't want to help. They want to get close to you so they can find out more about you so they can tell somebody else. It means to be busy or intermeddling in the affairs in which one has no concern. Again, in the New Testament, there's three different texts that talks about being busybodies. People who've, who've constantly got to be helping, they are too forward, too helpful. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You get somebody that's like, look, I already told you no 15 times. Thank you, but no. Because they're prying in somewhere because they want to pry into what's not in their business. You know, all of us need to understand there's things, I put it this way, we, we have lanes we're supposed to stay inside of. 
Okay, we, we have boxes that we're supposed to serve inside of. I, uh, I, I think of sports, and when you have sports, if you, any kind of sport, you have different positions, and people are supposed to play their position. I used to play baseball a little bit when I was a kid. My position was normally center field. I was an outfielder, center left or right. And if I was in center field, and I'm always running over into the right fielder's territory, I'm stepping out of my zone. Now, I, I can cover for him. If he's got to scoot over, I can cover. But I find that in life many times we neglect the, the delegated positions we've been given by God to go jump into somebody else's. We start jumping into somebody else's affairs, trying to tell them how to live their lives, trying to help them live their lives, because what we want to do is just be constantly doing anything but what God gave us to do. And this is part of where tailbearing comes from. They are, they're people who are drifters. They don't, they don't stay in their box, for lack of a better way to put it. What box would that be? The one, the responsibilities that my Savior has given me. I believe if all of us would study diligently the responsibilities that we have as saved people, okay? Once we've been saved, we are now called to serve the Lord. And so for me personally, I look at my responsibilities. Every day keeps me busy enough just doing my own job. I have a wife to love as the Lord loved the church. Uh, thankfully, she doesn't make that job hard or it would be even a bigger task. I have children to teach and bring up the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I'm to be a witness to unsaved people in the community. I'm to establish a good name with people that are lost. I am to do the work of an evangelist, giving the gospel. I am to study God's word and pray as a pastor. I am to go and, and try to minister to people who are in need and so forth as a pastor. I don't know about you, but the work that God has given me to do is enough that I can can't do mine in somebody else's boat. But you know what? A tailbearer is someone who doesn't stay where they belong. That's very clear in the Bible. They go about, and so as they're passing by, they meddle with this strife. And we'll look at the words on being a busybody in the New Testament. But look at Leviticus chapter 19. Notice how this commandment was given in Mosaic law. How God gave this commandment tells us something about the nature of a tailbearer. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 16. Leviticus 19, verse 16. Thou shalt not go up and down as a tailbearer among thy people. The tailbearer is always going up and down, up the street, down the street, up the street, down the street, stopping in, getting some information from this house, saying, so pass it on to that house. Thou shalt not go up and down as a tailbearer among thy people, neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. Look, if you would, at 2 Thessalonians 3.11. 2 Thessalonians 3.11. If you're not there, I'm going to go ahead and read it just for time's sake. And then 1 Timothy 5.13, 1 Peter 4.15, three separate verses on not being a busybody. 2 Thessalonians 3.11 says, For we hear, and we'll come back to this verse later, Lord willing, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Very difficult to be involved in tailbearing when we're doing the work we've been given. Amen? When we are focused on doing the work we've been given to do, so uh, whether it's our vocation, it's a secular vocation, or one that's a, a, a spiritual vocation, if it is a the vocation of a keeper at home and tending to your uh, uh, help meet of a husband or raising children, or if you're a young person, you have an education to gain, you know what? If we're focused on doing our work, it can be hard to be a busybody, but busybodies don't really work at anything but being a busybody. They're drifters. First Timothy 5.13, with all, talking about young widows who don't marry, Paul's given some instruction. 
by the way, the instruction found in 1 Timothy 5 is so non-politically um, correct. Oh, my. He gives instruction to the younger ladies to marry, bear children, and guide the house, because if not, here's what will happen. This is, you can look it up yourself. It's the context. He said, if they're a young widow, under 60, still childbearing age, they need to go ahead and marry. If not, this is what happens. And with all they learn to be idle, what's idle? What do I do now? What do I do now? With all they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also, and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. Best I can tell, busybody is the New Testament word for talebearer in the Old Testament. Same, same context. A word busybody here uh, carries the idea of, uh, of being a meddling person, one who officiously, there it is again, concerns himself with the affairs of others. One who says, well, my office is to just constantly be around offering my services to you. Well, don't you have work to do? Well, my work is to tell you how to do your work. Well, bless your heart. <laughs> That's a southern term for I don't like you, uh, right? Uh, anyway, the, the point would be this. The point would be this. The characteristics of a talebearer, they're a drifter. They don't have an assigned task, and so they make it their job. They have an assigned task. They're neglecting. They make it their job to go up and down and gather information. Gather information, pass information on. How many of you have ever met somebody like this? Say, so you know what? We need to make a public announcement. Just go tell so-and-so. And the world will know. You know what I'm talking about? Not only that, tell so-and-so and say, don't tell anybody. I've tested this theory. It works. <laughs> just go tell them and then say, now I'm not really wanting to spread this around, but i got a little bit of information for you. And then watch it spread like wildfire. That's what the tailbearer, because they're not given to what they're supposed to be doing, they drift from person to person to person, putting themselves where they do not belong, interjecting themselves where they've not been given permission, not only literally but also figuratively. How I mean, you know when it comes to your heart? Proverbs, um, I, I don't have I, Proverbs four twenty three. That's keep the heart with all diligence. Proverbs thirteen. I don't remember the I don't remember the reference. Maybe twenty six. Give me thine give me thine heart, my son. Let thine eyes observe my ways. You know, your heart has to be given to somebody. Somebody shouldn't try to take it. The strange woman is a taker of a heart. But God says, father to son, give me thine heart. The talebearer wants to take your heart, get access to your innermost secrets, and weasel their way in through flattery to get access to them. May I say this? Guard your heart. Be careful who you expose your heart to. You get on your knees in prayer and you say anything you need to to the Lord. You open your heart to the Lord. Pour it out to God. But be careful what human being you pour your heart out to. Uh, the Bible warns us of wicked men and strange women who wish to access our heart when it's none of their business. It's not their place. And so then the characteristics of a, of a talebearer, they're drifters. Number two, they're disorderly. We just read that in Second Thessalonians 3.11, meaning they're out of place. It's what we've been trying to say. Disorderly. In the military, we call disorderly conduct, meaning you do not comply with the, with the established rule of conduct that's been placed on your life. The, they're, they're, the talebearer is someone who is outside of their assigned responsibility, stepping out of bounds of their assigned responsibilities from their Lord, perhaps from their human authorities, not staying in boundaries. And so then they are not only drifters, they are disorderly. Again, Second Thessalonians 3.11, For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. And again, that disorderly deals with the idea of living outside of the established rules of conduct and, and ethics of conduct that we're supposed to inside of God's will. And so they are drifters, they are disorderly. We're talking about their characteristics. And then according to Proverbs 26, the talebearer is deceitful. 
is deceitful. Let's go back to Proverbs 26 if you're not still there. The Bible says in verse 18, As a madman that casteth firebrands arrows in death, so is the man that deceiveth his neighbor and saith, Am I not in sport? I was just kidding. I'm just, I just, I, you know, I'm just kidding around. I was just teasing when in fact they're, they're, they're hurting you. So we already have a level of deceit in verse 19. He's, he is deceiving his neighbor. And when he gets caught, he says, oh, I was just teasing, just kidding around. Verse 20, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where no tailberry is, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a tailbearer are as wounds. And they go down to the innermost parts of the belly. Look at verse 23, burning lips and a wicked heart. The lips of a tailbearer are burning lips. They're, remember, they're like hot coals, right? That's why he says burning lips. Their lips are, are the coals that kindle fires of strife between people. Burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver dross. How many of you understand what um, cheap jewelry is? It's junk metal plated very thinly with silver or gold. And when you get that junk and the silver starts peeling off or the gold starts peeling off, you know you've been had. Can you imagine getting a terracotta pot and you think you're buying a silver tea kettle? And you get home and you're like, oh, I got this beautiful deal. Look at this thing. And then you open it up and inside it's not silver, it's orange. What a ripoff. Meaning the outside was only there to conceal what was on the inside. The talebearer will say things that fall pleasant on your ears to gain confidence when their heart is filled with seven abominations. By the way, you study the strange woman, there's an uncanny correlation between the talebearer and she. She's a flatterer. She uses her lips to deceive, to make one think that she's trustworthy when in fact she's not and is not only obviously dealing with the very practical aspect of that, but false religion is the same way. It'll tickle your ears. It'll tell you wonderful things that make you feel good. And then when you get a hold of it, it is worthless and filled with, with sin. And there's so many applications there. But what I would say here is the talebearer is a deceiver. The lips are burning coals. It's like, it's like a pot shirt, something that's a clay pot covered with silver dross. The appearance gives the appearance of something of beauty and value, but inside it is worthless and, and filthy. And so then, as uh, the Bible says, burning lips and, wicked, and a wicked heart are like a pot shirt covered with silver dross. He that hateth, that's what's in the heart, dissembleth with his lips and layeth up deceit within him. When he speaketh fair, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Don't believe a talebearer. He's a deceiver. Whose hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness shall be shown before the whole congregation. There are those, may I say this, I don't ever want to get too personal illustration, but as a preacher, sometimes you, you get folks say, oh, you are the best preacher in the world, at which point you must say, I cannot believe you. Say, so why not? Because it's not true. But boy, you've got to beware. There are those who hate you for what you're preaching. And many times they are your greatest complimenters. Oh, I love your preaching. You know what? With God's help and by God's grace, that is not my goal. The goal of the preaching is to help you serve God, not help you have a hero. You have a hero in the Lord Jesus Christ. Worship Him. Serve Him. Do what He wants. And I just say, if you're going to serve the Lord at any capacity, whether a preacher or not, if you're going to serve the Lord, there are going to be people who actually hate the God you serve and hate you, and it's going to confuse you because they're going to tell you how great you are. You are the best, fill in the blank. Whatever service you're doing for the Lord, you are the best. 
I'd say this. You want to serve the Lord? Don't believe the, the criticisms and don't believe the compliments. You just dismiss both and listen to the Lord. And those that God is using you to help, you'll know because they'll grow and serve the Lord. And I'm just saying this tonight. It is wise for us. One of the chief purposes of this message tonight is to help us identify people who are not sincere people who truly are intending damage, wolves in sheep's clothing, who will tell you what you want to hear to get you to tell them what they want to hear. So they can use that to sow discord. Church, it is our responsibility to guard against discord being sown amongst us. Amen? Can I say this? If you, and I'm, this is not in any way, I don't have anybody in mind, but if you would ever have another church member come and say, and I've had this happen in the history of serving the Lord in the local church, someone just drop a fact in your presence, especially when you're the preacher. They just drop a fact in your presence. Did you know? And boy, it doesn't hit you till later what just happened. <gasps> they dropped a tidbit of information to get me upset with that person. And then I get upset because it worked. <laughs> you know what? If you, let me just say this. God's way, if you have a problem with another individual, is to go to them. That's God's way. You say, well, the problem I have isn't big enough to go to them about. Then drop it. But telling someone else about what they did is not the answer. Unless that person's harming someone, then you need to tell an authority. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about reporting someone doing damage or illegal or doing something sinful that needs to be brought to someone's uh, an authority's attention. That's not what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody does something and you pass on a tidbit of information or I pass on a tidbit of information. Did you know this person? Just to, start, just to see what happens. Watch, watch, watch. When I tell them that, it's going to make them really upset with them. Ooh, I love it. That's the tail bearer. They are deceitful. They, they will say what you want to hear so that you'll say what they want to hear. Uh, number two, we've seen the characteristics. They're drifters, disorderly, and deceitful. We see that in the context of Scripture. Number two, the consequences are very plain to see. The consequences of a tail bearer are discord. Discord. We'll go to Proverbs 6 in just a moment. But the Bible says again in Proverbs 26, verse 17, he that passeth by and meddleth with strife belonging not to him is like one that taketh the dog by the ears. By the way, before I proceed reading further, I would encourage you to consider the context this is given in verses 13 through 16 of Proverbs 26 is all about the slothful and the sluggard. Do you think that's by accident that the verses that precede tailbearing are about being slothful and sluggish? The person that is a sluggard will become idle, and the person that is idle will find something to do with their time. And generally, that's going to be to pass information back and forth. How many people, and, and, and I'm not, I want to be careful because I don't want to generalize, but I wonder how many people are spending hours upon hours a day now using social media to be talebearers. I heard this, post this, post this. You wouldn't believe what this person said. Oh, friend, that is, that, if we, I don't know how, I don't know how there is time to do all of that if we're doing what we're supposed to. There are people who spend six, seven hours a day on Facebook or some other social media platform and say, I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to go to church. I don't have time to witness to my neighbor. I don't have time to work the job like I'm supposed to. I don't have time to study so I can be a better employee. I just don't have time, but i got time to pass on information that stirs up strife. If there's any time in America, in our country, we need some level-headed people who are not the passers-on of information that does nothing more than sow discord among brethren. Now's the time God's people don't need to take part in that. There may, hey, look, at there, there are some conflicts you and I need to step into, and that even, even on social media. I'm not against that. 
But we do not need to be causing the conflict. We do not be sowers of discord, especially among brethren. And there Again, there are conflicts where, as we said last time, last week, there's a time to speak up. Our silence can become cowardice. But here, the talebearer, because he's not doing what he's called to do, he's slothful, Proverbs 26, 13 through 16, then he becomes a talebearer, and he sows discord, verse 18 of 26. As a madman who casteth firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man that deceiveth his neighbor, and saith, Am I not in sport, and not I in sport? Where? By the way, here's what I would say. When you call a talebearer on, why are you doing this? Oh, I didn't mean anything by it. I didn't, that's what he means. Am I not in sport? I didn't mean anything by it. Why do you take it so seriously? Why are you, why are you so, I meant nothing by it. I wasn't trying to hurt anybody. See what I'm saying? That's what God's saying. I'm not in sport. I'm just, just having some fun. Verse 20. Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceaseth. Remove the tailbearer, all of a sudden, there's strife that's gone. I've, I've noticed in, Christian relationships, even among we as preachers, pastors, we have to guard against this just like any other Christian. Uh, we're all in the same boat. The fact of the matter is uh, there, are, there are conflicts that if you could remove certain people, they would have never started. They would have never been there. Because the, the coal that started that conflict between the two people was not a real problem between those two people, but the one that a tailbearer caused. They dropped a snippet of information over here. They said, I know how he thinks. And if he knew this about this person, ooh, they would have it out. The Bible says we're to seek peace and ensue it, not seek strife. Amen? And so then uh, he says, where no wood is, verse 20, there the fire goeth out, and so where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. When at our house the fire has gone down, one of the things I'm encouraged to do is go open the door to that big old furnace and see big glowing embers in there. I go, ah, I don't have to start a new one. All I got to do is put a couple of pieces, two pieces on that one coal and do what Jim just did. Add a little air to it, a little hot air, and off it goes. You take two people who have no problem with each other and you want to consume their friendship, just sow a little strife through tailbearing between the two of them and you can burn up a good relationship. So then what do you do about a tailbearer? We'll get to that in just a moment because there's always going to be tailbearers. Always going to be. Again, one of the great values of this message is to be able to identify that and if we're those two pieces of wood, don't intermeddle with the hot coal. Amen? And again, I'm getting just a little ahead of myself, but here's what happens. The consequence of a tailbearer is discord. Obviously, the consequence is deceit. And the ultimate consequence is damage. Listen to what the Bible says about the effect of a tailbearer, not only here in Proverbs 26, but in a couple of other places. The Bible says in verse 22 of Proverbs 26, the words of a tailbearer are as wounds. And they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. I'm remembering... This account that I, I remember some years ago is one of the first examples, and it's the one the Lord brings to my mind tonight, of someone who brought up a sensitive piece of information about someone else in my presence, hurt their reputation in a moment of time. In a moment of time. And I saw it happen more than once. Dropped a piece of information, made me think ill of that person in a moment of time. I thought, I would have never guessed that. Oh, now thank God the Lord brought it to my mind. You be careful. That was said intentionally to get you upset with that person. It was dropped intentionally to get you upset with that person. So don't don't go for it. Don't go don't fall for that. But here's what I'm trying to say. 
I thought if I were the person that that was just said about, that would have hurt deeply. That little bit of information was so personal and so private that was shared about me to someone close to me would have hurt deeply. I've had at times in my own life, and again, all I know to do is give you some illustrations that I'm familiar with, someone use information from my past, things that God has forgiven, things that God has delivered me from, and spread information that they would know about me to people who have confidence in me or love me in order to try to break down a relationship between us. Say, would someone do that? Well, absolutely. You hear what happened? The person that received that information called me and said, here's what this person said, and I wanted you to know what's being said. And with God's help, my response was, whatever information you want or need from me, I'm an open book. And they said, I need nothing from you. And praise God, water was poured on the tailbearer. I'm telling you from personal experience, those tailbearers are real, and they are deadly. They cause deep wounds in those they speak about. They drop little information to damage someone else. The Bible says, they, their words, the words of a tailbearer has wounds and they go down into the innermost parts. It's like we call it a gut punch. I can't believe that somebody would ever share that information about me. Look, again, we're not talking about dealing with sin. We're talking about hurting people by telling things that we know that's personal, that's damaging, that's harmful. We're not talking about covering sin. We're not talking, you understand, that's what we're dealing with tonight. But the Bible says, truthfully, charity covereth a multitude. We're not talking about scandal, covering up and hiding, pretending things didn't happen. We're talking about when we have knowledge that could hurt somebody, but there's no need to say it, then we sit on it and keep our mouths shut. How much strife would be avoided if we didn't share every little tidbit we know about another person? Amen? And so then, discord, deceit, and damage. Let me read you another verse or two. Proverbs uh, chapter 11, verse 13 says, A talebearer revealeth secrets. Meaning, you told them something in confidence, knowing that they loved you because they told you how wonderful you are. And you told them something in confidence, knowing they would never share that. Uh, you shared a weakness with them, maybe a, uh, a difficulty, maybe a pain in your life, maybe a past experience that's a source of shame that God has delivered you from. And you shared that with them in confidence, knowing they would never tell anybody else. And by next week, the half the county knows. I recall another story in my life, an unsaved individual calling and sharing information simply because they could in spite and malice. And again, thinking, ah, how painful it must be to be on the receiving end of that. And if you've been on the receiving end of tailbearing, it is very painful. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 8, the words of a tailbearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Proverbs 20, 19, he that goeth about as a tailbearer, there's that term in goeth about, as a tailbearer revealeth secrets. We'll come back to this verse in just a moment as we look at the commandments and the counsel we're given in regards to tailbearers. Characteristics, they're drifters, disorderly, and deceitful. The consequence is discord, deceit, and damage. And then finally, and of course, destruction. If you want to look beyond just damage, their words are, are, like, are like fire. Uh, the Bible says that in James, that the tongue is a, is a fire set on fire, uh, a flame of fire set on fire of hell. Tongues consume when they're not used God's way. The commandments, number one, what do you do about a tailbearer? Number one, if you don't want to be one, you don't want to be a tailbearer, go back at Proverbs 26, 13 through 16, study it, 
and you'll find you don't want to be a talebearer, then be diligent. Diligently apply yourself to the things God has given you to do, and you won't have time to be a talebearer. So if you want to prevent being a talebearer in your life, don't be a meddler. Don't be idle. Don't find idle time on your hands. How many of us know this? How many conversations start that shouldn't start when we're doing not doing what we ought to be doing? When we're not applying ourselves, if I'm doing the work I'm supposed to be doing, I don't have time for meddling in other people's business. So we've preached that already, but I don't know what could be more important in preventing you and I from becoming talebearers than apply. Look, get up in the morning and get in the Bible and read your Bible and pray, and it'll go a long way to getting your feet set on the right path and keeping us out of trouble with our tongues. And then when we have a work to do, apply ourselves to it. So apply ourselves to obedience to the Lord, number one. That's how we can prevent from being tailbearers. Don't be meddlesome and idle. Number two, though, when we identify a tailbearer, avoid them. The Bible says, again, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19, He that goeth about as a tailbearer revealeth secrets. Therefore, meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. Don't get all intermingled with someone that behaves this way. When, when you say... I, you know, that person's just so nice. I know they got some faults and some things, but they're just so nice. They always say things that are so complimentary to me. It's fine to commend people and compliment. Complimenting, commending, and flattering are not the same thing. Flattery is being overly officious, overly helpful to gain confidence by false means. If someone wants to gain your confidence in a five-minute conversation, you probably want to look out. I understand this. We go out and knock on people's doors. And one of the things we must understand is, and I tell people this, you have no reason to trust me. You don't know me. But I want to give you the truth, and I encourage you to think about what we're saying to you today. I understand you don't know me. I understand I haven't earned your trust. Given the opportunity, I would like to do that. Sometimes we have the opportunity to say this. But the fact of the matter is, we could sit there and flatter people as a tool of soul winning. No! You're so... Compliment, fine. Open a conversation. Beautiful house, nice dog, nice car, fine. But when we use flattery to try to gain confidence, we've used a tool of the devil to do the work of God. That's not going to work. And so if someone flatters you, avoid them. I know it's appealing. Young people, listen to me, please, especially. Don't give your heart to somebody because they always say things about you that make you feel good about yourself. How many people have gotten into a marriage because, oh, that person thinks I'm the cat's meow. Well, where, where have they got their head stuck? Because the only other person thinks you're the cat's meow is you. Right? You know what? I found in healthy relationships, truth is the defining factor. In healthy relationships, two people can love each other enough to not tell the other one always what they want to hear, but to be sure we always tell the other one the truth. Amen? That's, that's God's way. And so when you have someone, young men, listen to me very closely. You have a young lady that always tells you, you are the premium man on earth. You get your running shoes on and take off. That woman is trying to hook something into you and steal your heart and do damage to you. One of the chief tools of the strange woman is a flattering mouth. Constantly telling some man in the workplace who's having a difficulty in his marriage and he meets some woman and says, Oh, I wish I'd met you 20 years ago before you and I were married. Ooh, that's vile. She appreciates my good character. No, she doesn't. She wants to destroy it. That woman's a liar. And men can use flattery the same. Boy, I wish I had known you before I met my wife. She's nothing but a gripe. But not you. 
You're always so sweet, so kind. Young lady, you have somebody talking to you like that, run for the hills. Again, I'm not talking about compliments. I'm not talking about commendation, but flattery. And so avoid the tailbearer. Look, if you would, at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Some can call me cynical or skeptical, but if someone starts talking too nicely about me all the time, I am worried. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, who, who is like that? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. I'm not talking about not being kind to each other. You know that. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. The Bible says in verse 11, For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work, apply themselves to their responsibilities, and eat their own bread. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Verse 14, If any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man, and have no company with him that they may be ashamed. What does Paul say to do with this person that's work and is a busy, doesn't work and is a busy body and disorderly? Don't company with them. You know what Proverbs said? Don't meddle with them. Why? Because they need to be ashamed. You know, say, you know, what, I, you know what it looks like in the 21st century? Hit that little button that says mute, block, unfriend. Cut it off. Amen. That's what it looks like in our day. You say, that's unkind. You'll do yourself a great service if you defend yourself against a tailbearer. Because here's what tailbearers do. Tailbearers can, he, the Bible talks about a whisperer, a whisperer separateth chief friends. There are friendships that were, they were made of wrought iron. Husbands and wives that were tight and close. And some tailbearer got in, said something to him, said something to her. I, she said that? Well, she told me. Nah, avoid. Avoid. Amen? Find our responsibilities. Apply ourselves to them. And when you know you've got a tailbearer on your hand, don't meddle with them. If they want a tailbearer, walk away. See, is that rude? That's obedience to God. So they'll feel ashamed, as they should. You know, the Bible says, deal with a backbiting tongue. I've practiced this. It works. An angry countenance driveth away a backbiting tongue. I remember one time, had a tailbearer early in this ministry. He came to me with a tale about another pastor in another county. With God's help, picked up the phone and said, this is what I was told. Can you help me with the truth of this? And he said, here are the facts. He lied about him, or at least misrepresented him. So I opened my Bible. I was very young, or just starting, and I found that verse about an angry countenance driveth away a backbiting tongue. I thought, I know how to look angry. She showed up at my house, and I gave her an angry look. That's the last word she ever said to me about that man. And she left the church. See, you drove somebody off. I wasn't trying, but the angry countenance drove away that backbiting tongue. <laughs> now, I'd love to tell you, oh, my life is filled with good examples. There's also times I've given my ear to a tailbearer. I said there's times I've been ashamed because somebody dropped a piece of information. It worked, got me angry at somebody else. Oh, friend, we've got to be careful. The Bible says God wants us to have nothing to do with being a tailbearer or meddling with one. So again, Leviticus 19.16, Thou shalt not go up and down as a tailbearer among thy people, neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. We must remember it is our duty, if you look at Leviticus 19, right before that it says we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. Before we say something about somebody else, and this is instruction to every one of us, before we say something about somebody else, say what impact is that going to have on them? What impact is that going to have on the hearer? I know it's fun to cause people to have strife. 
but it's wicked. <laughs> Amen? It may be fun to stir up strife, but it's evil. And God says, no, there's enough strife stirred up without us causing any. And so may the Lord help us to be faithful, not to be a talebearer, and not to give a talebearer the opportunity to tear down and destroy God-ordained relationships. Mm-hmm.